All right. My name is Nick Verity. Welcome to the Operations Mastery Podcast. I'm here with Jackson Callum. He's the founder and CEO of First Class Business and Vision Pros Alive. And we're excited to have him on. He runs a huge podcast growth sort of consultancy with a bunch of cool programs, as well as a couple other new projects that we're excited to get into. But Jackson, maybe give people a high-level overview of your vision and how it's changed into this new business that that you've been operating. Dude, appreciate you, Nick, first off. And well done on the podcast. It's amazing what you've built. Um, you know, you uh I you know, right before we talked, you know, I mentioned I was like, I thought you were a veteran at this. I thought you've been doing this for years um yourself. So way to rock the mic, man. And uh our ours our show is actually quite new and we do help people with podcasts when they want that or need that, but we meet people where they're at in many different ways. First class business is designed to help business owners with growth, to become market leaders. But what I really enjoy doing is getting people on the stage for vision pros so they can share their visions. Mm -hmm. Usually what happens, Nick, is somebody comes in, applies for that show. They go through the process of seeing how on point our, our hospitality is, how on point, the, you know, how, how much we're there to serve them and give to them. So sometimes people say like, Hey, can we work with you? Or like, can you build this for me? Mm -hmm. And we try to remember that, we want to feel like the JW Marriott, where nobody's ever pitched, nobody's ever sold. Everybody always wants to buy if it makes sense. If not, just enjoy the experience. Enjoy the people you've met. Let my brand be a reflection of, I mean, holistic growth is really what it's all about. And entrepreneurs, so many are trying to be huge or trying to grind and do all this. Like, whoa, like chill, calm down. Let's, let's focus on the principles of taking care of people. And if we do that the right way for all people, no matter what they need, whether they need us or something else, we're doing the right thing. It's going to be good. Can you unpack for me how you create that experience You know, when people are coming in? Because I, I believe in that heavily, like a great onboarding, great customer experience sells itself, leads to referrals and everything. So how have you like, you know, created that um, and how's it, how's it work? Yeah. Trial and error. Um, one, probably starting out the wrong way. Um, you know, first, um, being, I was, I was very into persuasion and coercion in my yeah. past and manipulation tactics. Uh, and I, it took me getting kicked in the face a few times by people and, and deserving it to realize like, man, maybe, maybe there's a better way to help people and to influence people. So I saw Greg Popovich and Bill Belichick, you know, work with their different respective teams in sports. And I realized that these coaches who build these championship identities that I can correlate with, and I really like how the relationships are going, they only invite people to do the right work. When Jay Crowder came in to the Spurs, he was there for like two weeks and gone. Mm -hmm. Wasn't he a bad person, but he and him and Pop didn't really see eye to eye on how things were supposed to go. Um, and so I realized, you know who else did that? Uh, whether you see it as a historical book, or a God-oriented individual, Jesus, he invited. He never told you, you should do this. He never told you, you need to do this. I'm, you know, there's these commandments, right? This is a different story. But he came in and was like, no, nah, it's really not that strict like you guys think. That's not how this thing works. Yeah. It was all built on invitations. And so my, my audience knows when they're coming in and my team knows, we invite people, we try to inspire people and attract people. And if we stick to that, Again, the right, the right relationships, the healthy ones will move forward. Mm. 
Amazing. And can you give like an example of a, a, a tangible your team does that kind of reflects that, that ethos? Yeah. Um, in fact, uh, I hope you take this super well as a leader. There's an optimization opportunity in, in some of your questions on the front end. So one of the ones that I'm excited to talk about um, is the one about team size um, mm -hmm. and, and asking business owners about their team size. And the business world's oversimplifying questions like that. And what happens is if you talk to a young entrepreneur who doesn't know how to answer that question the right way, they're going to start to fall in on themselves and feel a little bit insecure. Like, do I talk about my, my independent contractors? Do I talk about my employees? I better just say it's like just me or three. And what we've done is we've pushed an entrepreneur into a position of vulnerability that's kind of dangerous for their growth. And instead of respecting the vision of where they're at, we've actually guided them towards, and the same is true when we ask about revenues, right? If I drive a limo into Afghanistan, with United States flags all over the place, showboating, saying, hey, look at me, I'm an American. Mm -hmm. What's going to happen to me? I mean, I'm putting myself into a position where I could very much get hurt, lose my life, etc. Well, if I'm a business owner and I'm publicly charading all of my revenue successes and things of that nature, then I'm very susceptible. It's, that's not, it's not secret, it's sacred. Mm -hmm. And so when we, when we reframe the way that we communicate by observing the intentionality of our questions and make sure our questions uplift people and move people towards wholeness, we're usually doing them a service. If I accidentally ask a question towards somebody that, that uh, makes them feel like they can't bring their best self out, I may not, I may not be helping them as well as I could. Does that, does that make sense? So my, my team, I tell them, if somebody feels any sense of resistance at all, mm. Like, like make sure that you honor them, give them space, help them see, we got free programs, you know, too, like, and we're just here to facilitate a great experience for you. Um, mm -hmm. So anytime you feel uncomfortable, let us know and, and we'll respect that. I, I like that a lot. That's like a fantastic way because not everyone needs what you have right now, maybe later. Um, yeah. So I like that. I really like that approach. You mentioned something before the call about a new business that um, you and your team are, are kind of bridging between North America and Latin America. Maybe just give us the, the vision of that. Yeah, man, absolutely. So my vision for the last two years, and it's been a long time coming, but the last two years I've finally focused on, I really feel a responsibility to start bridging the gap between North America and South America economically. And what helped me step fully into that after receiving that inspiration years ago was my, my child, my youngest, my fourth child is a Mexican citizen and United States citizen. And so when little Aitana was born, I was like, whoa, that vision I felt called to is like super real now. Um, and I'm very connected to Latino America in a way that I never was. So my team has finally, we've finally gotten to this point where years and years later, We've now integrated that with our hiring process and we have an ambassador program that says Atlas Espanol and they go in here and they get on the page where my team has their podcast and they're showing entrepreneurs, uh, sorry, not entrepreneurs, Latinos, that there are opportunities to learn digital marketing mm -hmm. and to make money to represent their families and come in here and they can go through a 90 day training program to learn how to become effective virtual assistants learn English, uh, learn how to share our podcast with leaders that might want to be on the show and earn an affiliate income as well through that process of incubation and training. 
and it's all Latino led now. Um, so that, that launched today, like those pages right there. Oh man, I'm so excited about what we're, what we're going to do with that. That's amazing. So you, you kind of create this revenue stream for them. You educate them and then potentially build a business together with, with them in a sense. They're, they're a huge part. They're, they're a fantastic part of my team. The, the VAs that are out there right now, man, they, virtual abuse is what is happening in entrepreneurship right now. I did it too. I was a contributor. I hired somebody on Upwork and Fiverr. I treated them like a Payless shoe, a Walmart shoe, and never asked them who they were, what they care about, etc. I took me a few hires before I realized, man, I keep blaming these VAs for not running my campaigns right or not doing something right. But every time I'm pointing my finger at somebody else, there's three pointing back at me. I eventually took ownership of that and realized, man, what if I just like, what if I ask them when their birthday is? What if I ask them what they care about in life? What if I actually like take interest in their lives? And people started to come to bat and crush it for the business. And I was like, wow, I was such a bad leader. Yeah, that's so interesting. Now they're um, crushing. Now that, and then, by the way, I want, I want you to, sorry, I just want you to show this really quick tidbit. So Sebastian owns 2% of first class business after his two years of working with me. Cynthia owns 1% of my company. Gabriela and Valentina are on a 0.20% earnings path over the next five years. That vesting opportunity that exists there, right? They, this is their vision too. They belong to this aspect. It's very much theirs as much as it is mine. And I see so many people, my, my latest VA, like most of my interviews, most of my VAs interview with me and they cry. And they say, we've never been treated with this much respect by an American. And I say, on behalf of my country, I am so sorry. Um, and I, I wish, I wish we could understand how to how to bridge the gap on that too. And so, next thing you know, they're they're really excited and happy to be working with us um, because the relationships there. But also, we create a vision for where they want to go. Wow, well, that's amazing! How do you find like good VAs? Like, how how, how does that work? And, great, and great yeah, question. yeah, and working with them too. If you have any tips on you know, project management and, and helping them, you know, help you. There's two big answers on that. One, we, the reason why we start with vision is we believe that's the huge foundation that gets overlooked. You know, your mm -hmm. vision, but you you know, my vision sucks when I try to say it without, you know, we got to work on that, but get that established, right. And we focus on the culture we want to create and we publicize that culture, right? We, for us, foundation is love, mm -hmm. patience, persistence, consistency, reliability, those are our pillars, right? And when we, when somebody wants to work with us, what I, all these, all these, here's a, here's a secret. All the great business owners out there, when they see a brand and they see there's no about page and they see you have no, not you, they see a company, a digital marketer that has no team and they have no growth path for that team, no hiring processes. They know right away that you aren't scaling. The funnels that we create and try to try to make it look like we're scaling, et cetera. Uh-uh. You gotta care about your internal team. That's your most important funnel. So when somebody comes in and they want to work with us, they go through a pre-qualification process. And this pre-qualification process is like applying for Harvard. How does Harvard attract the best students? They weed out the ones who aren't gonna do the work. So if somebody comes in through this process of understanding what it's like to work with us and they they bail we saved ourselves and we saved them a whole lot of time. And then when they go through this process and they apply and they go through interviews, we're testing for patience. We're testing for persistence. We're testing for 
consistency and reliability, which are the harder two in that puzzle. But this funnel right here is the absolute most important funnel for our processes. That's mm -hmm. the first step. The second big component of that, Dr. Seth Yates, my business partner in AbleHealth.us, he said, Jackson, how the heck do you find these great VAs? And I said, I don't find great VAs. I find great people. And when I find great people, I spend hours and hours and hours training them, making sure that they're good to go, building out the procedures, resources, and templates. Thank you, The Emeth, by the way, mm -hmm. best book. That book, I regret not reading it years sooner. And The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, that poster represents that book by Patrick Lencioni. Those two books changed my operation tremendously. So once they learn the habits of a championship level culture, championship environment and atmosphere, they do become more self-sufficient. They're able to do things on their own, but it takes a considerable amount of leadership to, to help facilitate an environment where everybody starts to participate at that level. I love it. I love the, the mindset shift of we're not hiring this title or position. We're hiring a great person. Yeah. Um, so I'll I learn, like, I'll learn it. Great people yeah. that have integrity and that love to learn. My designer who was hired on Sunday, amazing. And she loves coming in. She's a learner. She's already learning go high level. She's already learning Facebook ads. She's already learning. She's like, this is amazing. And yeah, you, you, we don't hire based on the skill. The skill can be learned. We hire based on the virtues. Yeah. I have a question for you. So there are a lot of visionaries out there and a lot of them fail to bring their vision to life, um, to actually see, not to quote the book traction, also a great book, similar to Emeth, but they just can't seem to like get real revenue and in, in their business off the ground. And so why do you think that breakdown happens with people who have really good visions, mean well, all of that, but just don't, don't grow. Some of my word choices will be hard to hear for most people. Um, brace yourself. But I mean, I'm, I'm an optimistic realist. 96% of businesses fail within 10 years. That is a, that is a statistic from the United States government, um, small business administration. 4% I used to think su succeeded, right? No, 4% survived, Nick. And I know that because of how many hundreds of business owners I've talked to after year 10 that are still in debt, still struggling, you know, still not making it happen, still grinding it out. And we have to pretend, you know, as entrepreneurs, we have to pretend that we're all super successful mm -hmm. and multimillionaires and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. um, it's all private. You know, anybody can lie about what, what they're up to, what's going on. It makes me sick when I see it. That said, there are formulas that are not taught that people are not picking up. The, the marketing funnel is one of my greatest examples of it. I got a book coming out. The marketing funnel is wrong. The marketing funnel only describes the consumer state of mind, the idea of awareness, and then, you know, intent, having, considering a buying, um, those principles on the mindset all the way up to purchase. It doesn't tell you what to do. How am I supposed to drive awareness? How am I supposed to uh, create intent. How am I supposed to help somebody purchase? So what happens is you get all these marketers on LinkedIn who in theory, are, you know, if I walk into Starbucks and I go, Nick, will you marry me? Wait, I'm going to get kicked out. You know, I might get punched in the face. 
Um, you know, you don't, you don't do an offer like that. So when I, when I get these LinkedIn messages with these well-meaning individuals who's, who are all hated by the majority of LinkedIn that say, oh, I did this case study for so-and-so and we made $3,000 billion for them and you should buy too. And then some of their smart adult for some reason gets really excited and their hopes taken advantage of and they end up buying from them. And then they end up saying, well, people are taking advantage of me in life and, and all these courses don't work and they overpromised and like, well, you're the adult. Who decided to go and purchase that course without doing your reference checks you're, you're the you're the person who's making the decisions in your life or you're giving control to people by saying and this is the biggest problem for small businesses in my opinion this is one of the biggest ones is nick how much is it going to cost me to work with you how, how much how much uh do i have to pay you uh to work with you i'm putting my stewardship my financial responsibilities in the hands of a gentleman who does not know how much my mortgage is, who does not know if I pay child support or not, who does not know if I have debt. And I'm making you make the decision for the growth of my business. The best businesses in the world, one, they would never do that. Two, instead of coming to LeBron James and saying, uh, hey, LeBron, what's the least amount we could pay you to be on my basketball team? And, and by the way, just shut up and dribble. We're going to run the operations this way and you're going to do what we say. The only people who are going to agree to that are the yes men in the world. The ones who say, OK, well, I guess I can kind of figure that out. And there's a strong difference between pretenders in the market and contenders. A huge difference. Tom Brady's Tom Brady because he's Tom Brady. LeBron James is LeBron James because he's LeBron James. But if I want to recruit the best of the best talent, I can't come in with my shield and my gun and trying to make that person feel like a potential enemy. I can't act like a victim. I got to be smart enough to find out who's actually going to care about me. What virtues are they practicing and get settled in on? I got to spend time with leaders to find out who's going to lead me to victory. Small businesses are shooting in the dark often and frequently, and we've got to find a way to overcome that. 100%. Do you have any other advice as, as we wrap up for, for business owners, entrepreneurs um, on successful operations? Yep, absolutely. Um, you are the visionary. I hope that you never forget that as an entrepreneur. To take that a step further, your heart and your mind, whether you believe in prayer or you call it meditation, that is your superpower. Watch out for controlling words. People who tell you you should do this, that you need to do that that this is the only way or anytime somebody is trying to take control over your ability to think through what you need, even if it were me, gut check me on that. Make sure that you take whatever that that strategy is and realize JK Rowling didn't become a multi-billionaire because she followed some super formulaic strategy. She wrote a book on a napkin, hustled her butt off. And if she comes out with a course, fantastic. But if your approach to business is based on a napkin or based on somebody like Grant Cardone telling you how to live your life, and telling you what you should do. I love you, Grant, as a human being. I don't love the fact that we're treating people, we're, we're trying to convince people to be subordinates to us. That's not healthy. There's many powers of influence and uh, we gotta be careful which superpower we're using. And uh, so yeah, entrepreneurs, visionaries, you're all visionaries. Stay true to your vision. Mm -hmm. Love it. Listen, I really appreciate it today. This is unlike any other podcast I've done. Woo. a bit more about the foundation, you know, which is like critical, holds everything up. So I appreciate that, Jackson. Likewise, Nick. Hey man, I love your show. Keep it up, dude. Much appreciated.